give you a couple more. And then uh, where do boats go when they get sick? To the boat dock. <laughs> I used to be addicted to soap, but I'm clean now. <laughs> you think swimming with sharks is expensive? Swimming with sharks, sharks cost me an arm and a leg. <laughs> I ordered a chicken and an egg from Amazon. I'll let you know. <laughs> If a child refuse to, refuses to nap, are they guilty of resisting arrest? <laughs> oh, these are good. Uh, these are awesome. I once got fired at a canning factory. <laughs> Apparently, I couldn't concentrate. <laughs> Sister Carmela, I used to play the piano by ear, and now I use my hands. <laughs> okay. Okay. Two more. Why did the scarecrow win an award, <laughs> Sister Debbie? Because he was outstanding in his field. <laughs> okay. I made a pencil with two erasers. It was pointless. <laughs> okay, we're done with that. Amen. <laughs> you know, Paul said, bear. bear Bear with me a little of my folly. And some of you need to learn to laugh. There is a verse of scripture that says, Merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Some of you are sick because you ain't laughed enough. <laughs> Amen. Just saying. <laughs> Amen. Thank you for that clap back there, Brother Peschel. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, today is Father's Day, and we are truly um, thankful for our fathers. So I want, I want to mention a few fathers from the scripture who deserve mention and uh, who are not perfect, but they um, obeyed God. And the first one I want to look at is in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 8. I want to say that I have some wonderful uh, children and uh, uh, three, actually three very smart sons and one smart daughter. Very, very smart. And they all have a library. Uh, someone invites me over to their house. I always, you know, they ask me, oh, come on and sit down in, in the living room and make yourself comfortable. And I look around to see if they have any books. And I certainly do. I, I want to see, because books are a sign of intelligence. <laughs> I want to see what people are reading. You know, some books are not worth reading. But there are some books worth reading. I, I like to see when people have a B-I-B-L-E in their house. And it looks like it's been cracked open a time or two. You know, not, it doesn't have an inch of dust on top of it like it's never been moved in, since the last decade. I like to see what people are reading. And my children all have a nice little library of books they consider important. Because books are important in our life. We have... A, we have 66 books that are bound together in one book. And you should spend time every day looking through this one book. This book has been around uh, for about 4,000 years, this particular book here. It's a bestseller. It is a bestseller. It's never gone off the, the uh, bestseller list. And if you'll apply the, the uh, 
the teachings of this particular book in your life, your life will be changed. Amen. Amen. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 8, but Noah found grace. Brother Dale, he taught about grace today. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. It seems to me that Noah was looking for grace. He was looking for God's spirit to give him something. You know, fathers and all of those of you here today, um, you have to search for grace. It, 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 really, there's a lot of responsibility that is placed upon fathers. Uh, we, we have the culture that we live in today that would uh, um, not exalt fathers like they should be exalted. A good father, a father who cares for his children, for, uh, that watches out for them, that tries to teach them right from wrong, it is very valued in your life. It means the, the success or failure of your life many times rises and falls. I'm not saying all, but there are a lot of parameters here. But many times the success or failure of your life depends on the success or failure of a father. And so we find here in the book of Genesis a man named Noah. He found grace. Evidently, Noah was looking for something from God. He was searching after God to try to find wisdom in a world that lacks a certain sound. You know, there's a lot of, I was standing on my front porch on, uh, let's see, what, what that was Friday, we had the storm come through. And, and if you lived in town, it doesn't look like anything happened up here, but if you lived in down where I live, uh, several trees were knocked down, and, uh, and I thought there was a tornado going to touch down any moment. My wife and I, we like to watch storms, and so we weren't inside or down in the basement. We were on the front porch. <laughs> Probably not the wisest thing, but uh, we were having fun sitting there uh, on the front porch watching the winds and the rain. And, and uh, we're at the front, my front porch is probably six feet deep, so you could stand close to the house and in normal conditions not get wet. But then to, on Friday, we were getting wet because the rain was just going sideways. And at one point, I've been in a few hurricanes, and at one point, the, the winds were like a hurricane. Because they weren't going any particular direction. And I thought, those are tornado winds. And the wind was coming from this way, from this way, from that way, from behind us. And it was at that moment that I heard powerful trees. Trees that I cannot, could not wrap my arms around. I could not wrap my arms around. They're, they're that large. Wind shear just snapped them right in half. Talking about power. It just snapped it like a toothpick and picked it up and laid it down on the ground. I've seen uh, hurricane winds take a metal roof and roll it up like a can. The rest of the roof was fine, but that particular part of the roof was rolled up like a metal can. I stood and stared at that, and I thought, what kind of power can take an 18-gauge roof <laughs> And roll it up like a can and not disturb anything on either side of it. I'm, I'm in awe. I'm in awe. That's so my wife and I were, were sitting there on the front porch. And we're watching the winds and the, and the rains. And just noticing how much power. 
And I thought, God, you are awesome. You're awesome. You created this. And it, lightning was just flashing all around, just flashes. And, and um, you know, I've been in a, a hurricane where the storm just flattened everything this way. And then the eye passed right over the house. And the, the air and the, the, it was dead still. There was nothing. We, walked, we opened the door, went outside, and looked around, and there was this eerie, eerie calm. Hey, you, we're in, and someone said, we're in the eye of the storm. The eye of the storm, it was, the storm was moving about seven miles per hour. This one here that we're in particular that I'm talking about was, and we're right in the center. It was just dead calm. And we looked all around. There was all kinds of chaos. Trees were down. A lot, power lines were down. Buildings were tore up, but there was calm. And then all of a sudden, I saw a little wind, and I knew the backside of the, the storm was coming. And they say the backside of a hurricane is worse than the front side, just the way the winds circle around. And there was a tree in my front yard. It had been knocked down this way, and when the storm passed the eye, and then when the back winds, it picked that tree back up and threw it back this way. And it was quite amazing. And I'm in awe of the power of God, but I seek after that power. Just as this man named Noah, he sought for grace and found grace in the eyes of God. You know, if you'll seek God, you will find him. Hallelujah. The scripture, Jesus gave us one of the Beatitudes. He said, if blessed are those who hunger and thirst for they shall. I like that English word. It's an it's an emphatic. It's a powerful word. You shall receive it. It's not, I think you're going to, you know, uh, it might happen, maybe, you know, but it sh you shall be filled. Somebody say, if I seek after God, I shall be filled. I shall be filled. If I seek for his blessings, I shall receive his blessings. If I, if I seek after him, he shall anoint me. Amen. They that do hunger and thirst. And so this man named Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. The story of Noah is perhaps one of the most familiar stories in the Bible, along with Daniel in the lion's den and, and uh, what's a couple of others uh, that we, we've heard over and over as children going to Sunday school. But wickedness had taken over the earth. There was violence everywhere. People to whom God created were hardened toward him. They... God would speak to them. He would seek after them. And they didn't, they didn't want to hear what God had to say. But there was one man. It, God was so grieved to the point that he said, I'm going to get rid of everybody on the earth. But there was one man who found grace. And when God finds grace, when he finds an individual who has faith in him, he's going to stop, come to attention, call all the angels of heaven over and say, I found somebody who has faith. I found somebody who believes in me. I found somebody who still thinks the word of God is powerful. I've found somebody who will raise their hand and say, Hallelujah, I found somebody that has faith. You see, because God is looking for faith, He's looking for someone who will demonstrate faith. 
he even, the Lord Jesus even asked this question kind of rhetorically. He said, when I come again, shall I find faith? When I come back again, that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking just for people. I'm not looking just for the humanity that I've created. I'm looking for someone who will say, King of kings and Lord of lords, he's the righteous one. He's the holy one. He's the pure one. He's the one in whom I trust and have faith in. You see, that's what he's looking for. He's looking for someone who will demonstrate faith. When I come again, when I come again, not someone who calls himself a Christian. That's not what he's looking for. He's not, not someone who says, well, I read the Bible occasionally or I believe in God. I think if you ask anybody in a uh, God-fearing community, do you believe in God? People will say, yeah, but they don't demonstrate faith in their life. Their words and what they do and believe are, are two different things. What he is looking for, someone who will speak faith, believe faith, and demonstrate faith in their life. And Noah was that man. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So... God chose Noah out of all the people of the earth because he knew the condition of Noah's heart. Let me ask you a question this morning. What's the condition of your heart? What's the condition of your heart today? What's your, what, what, what kind, if <clears throat> we sent you to the, to the doctor, the cardiologist, and they did ran some tests on you and asked some questions. You know what they're checking out? They're checking out the physical condition of your heart. A cardiologist is that's his specialty. He, he or her, that's their specialty. They're they're monitoring your heart, that muscle inside of your body that keeps the whole body going, everything going. It, it's what plump pumps the blood. The Bible says the life of the flesh is in the blood. That's what keeps it going. And I'm asking you a question. What's the condition of your heart? You see, God he looked all throughout the earth and, and found a man named Noah because he saw what was in Noah's heart. And tucked away in all, among all the verses of wickedness and coming destruction is the scripture that says Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And Genesis chapter 6, verse 8. Later in verse 1 of chapter 7, the Lord says, He has seen that Noah is righteous before me in this generation. In short, fathers, Noah was faithful. You know, there, I, um, years ago I had a job and, and uh, we were in a training and the, the trainer who was the owner of, in fact, the owner of the company, the proprietor. And he said, now, I can tell you a lot about this job. And he said, it, it is a little complicated, and there's a lot of moving pieces and parts, and this is a, it's a, there's a learning curve to knowing the job. He said, but the first thing I have to tell you, and the most important thing I have to tell you, is just show up for the job. Just show up. 
Uh, he said, talent really doesn't... Uh, he said, we like people with talent. We like people with ability. We like people with intelligence. And we try to hire them. But I just, I'm just looking for somebody who will show up and be here at 8 o'clock in the morning when the bell rings and you're supposed to be on the job. And fathers, you may have made a lot of mistakes. You may have sat on the edge of your bed or in your chair and thought... Man, I wish I'd have done things different, uh, and I, I have some regrets, uh, but you showed up. Uh, and that's what I want to em emphasize to us as believers. Uh, just show up. Uh, just keep on believing. Uh, just keep on praying. Uh, just keep on fasting. I talked to a sister this morning. She used to attend this church, uh, and she's now, uh, she, her family moved her away. She really didn't have any choice in the matter. And she said, Pastor, I just wish there was a church in my community. I'm praying for a church in my community because I have to drive an hour away uh, to attend church. And at my age, sometimes it's difficult. We don't get to go to church very often. She said, but I'm praying for a church in my community. I said, well, just keep on praying. I said, Sister Vera, maybe God lets you go to that place because he wants a church there and he needs somebody who will prepare the way by praying. And I said, you know, I know of a woman who prayed for 40 years for her son and he wasn't a God-fearing person. He, he said, I don't want to go to church. I don't want anything to do with church. I don't want anything to do with those people. I'm a, he was a fighter and a carouser and a, and a mean kind of dude. But one of, the day, one of those days, his mother kept on praying and he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God got a hold of his heart. He was baptized in Jesus' name. And he gave up his wicked ways. He stopped going to the bars and fighting. He stopped uh, drinking and smoking dope. He stopped all those things. Why? Because there was a change. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So I said, just keep on praying. Just keep on praying. Just keep on praying. You say, well, I don't see anything happening. Have you ever tried to bake, break a big rock with a sledgehammer? Well, you hit it once. It didn't, didn't look like you made a dent in it. it. The sledgehammer bounced off of it, just about hurt you as it came back at you. And you thought, well, huh, I'm going to give this a thing another. And so you, you swung the big old sledgehammer, and, and you, it bounced again. And you might have done that 10, 15, I don't know how many times, but you are doing something deep down inside of the depth of that rock. There's a crack that's forming. You just keep on pounding away. God's wanting to see if you're really persistent and want what you say you want. You know, there's so many other forces that are at play here. You know, there's so many other things that are going on. When you're praying for something, it's just not linear. It's just not straight on. You're praying against forces of darkness. You're praying against human spirits. You're praying against uh, the world, uh, all the influences. And so you, you keep on praying because you are battling on many fronts until you win the victory. So Noah was faithful. And by faith, Noah trusted in God, warning those around him of what was ahead. He protected his family. He prepared an ark. He didn't say, well, God's coming. I guess I'll just sit over here and mind my own business. No, he was busy. He was busy doing something for God. He was busy following the directions of God. 
God has called you to minister. You say, well, Pastor, I'm not able to, to do what I used to do. Do what you can where you are. Amen. Speak the word where you are. Demonstrate faith where you are. Don't wait till it's the perfect circumstances. Don't wait till, you know, someone said, I want to preach and there's no pulpit to preach. Well, we got street corners. I don't see street corner preachers very often, but we still believe in them. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He prepared an ark. What? And saved his household. Amen. And because of Noah's obedience, he saved seven others. His wife, his three sons, and their wives. And from that small group, repopulated the whole earth. Amen. So we started over. <laughs> We first came from Adam and Eve, and then that got decimated, and we started over, and Noah and his wife, amen. Centuries later, the writer of Hebrews would highlight Noah's character. He said, by faith, in chapter 7, verse 1 of the book of Hebrews, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, he didn't see those things. He hadn't, he wasn't aware. In holy fear, built an ark to, the, to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Two times the word faith is mentioned in that verse of scripture. Noah kept his eyes on the prize. God blesses those and protects those who listen and obey him. Amen. Noah's story is a powerful story. I think of another story here, a man named Joseph. The Bible says, and I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible, Matthew chapter 1, verse 19, and her husband Joseph, since he was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. Now, we know Joseph as the man that was committed to um, in betrothal to Mary, the mother of Jesus. And uh, he became the father to Jesus, although he was not his father biologically. And the Bible doesn't offer much information about Joseph, just a few references. But he did possess some character traits that we often miss. Number one, he obeyed God unswervingly. I like that word, unswervingly. He didn't cut the wheel to the right. He didn't cut the wheel to the left, you know. You ever played chicken? Don't do it. <laughs> it's not a good game. <laughs> but you know what? When the devil was coming at Joseph, Joseph didn't cut the wheel to the right. He didn't cut the wheel to the left. He said, devil, God has given me directions and we're running straight on. You better get out of the way. Amen. Amen. He obeyed God unswervingly, without alteration, without question, without moderation. He said, God, I am for you. You know, I like people who serve God with intensity. I like people who get, really get with it when they worship God. I don't want to make fun of anybody's worship, but some people, they just patty cake. Won't we have a time when we get over yonder? Well, I don't know about over yonder, but we ain't having no time right now. 
Amen. Come on. I, I like a church that's lively. Amen. I don't like to prohibit people from worship. Hey, if you want to, I said at Brother John's funeral, uh, you know, Brother John, I, I confessed to the, the audience there, and they were, uh, I would say two-thirds of the people there didn't attend church, not this church. And I said, this is a Pentecostal church, so if you want to stand to your feet while we're singing the song, because we're going to sing the songs that John requested before he died. He told me in the hospital, he said, Pastor, I really like those songs in the vault. I'd wish that you would bring them out every now and again. I said, we're going to bring out the songs every now and we'll work on that, Brother John. So we did it. We formed a trio, Brother Ham, Sister Ham, myself, and, and my mother, and she was uh, doing the boogie-woogie on the keyboard over here. Amen. Brother, Brother John's favorite. He liked it when Sister Dorothy, is what he called her, played the keyboard. Had that left hand just a banging away. <laughs> and so we sang his songs. But I told the audience, I said, now this is a homegoing service. This is not to be sad or we're not to shed tears. I know we're going to be sad that John is gone, but we're happy that he is with the Lord. I said, so if you feel like standing, you stand. If you feel like raising your hand, raise your hand. If you feel like clapping your hand, you clap your hand. And I said, you know, John even was wont to shout every now and again. I've witnessed it with my own eyes. I said, so if you so feel like shouting, nobody's going to say anything about it if you're shouting and dancing before the Lord. Amen. That's what a church is all about. We have found grace and faith and anointing in the power of God. We've got something to be excited about. Amen. Hallelujah. Get excited. The Bible says David danced before the Lord with all his might. What does that mean, all his might? I mean, he didn't hold back. <laughs> I, I really, I don't think I've ever seen anybody dance with all their might. That's some intense, uh, uh, that's some intense worship right there. All your might. Brother, Brother Samuel, oh, you, you, you just know him. Here, have you ever shadow boxed? Come here. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, come on. You know, you're, you're in there. You're in, the, you're in your bedroom. You're flexing your muscles. And, and you're, uh, yeah, now you know what I'm talking about now, huh? Because he's a man and all men do it. Even when they're 50 years old, they're in the, then they walk out like, when I, my man, I put away childish things. So you know how to do that, don't you? You're in the mirror. You're going, come on, come on, come on. You're talking to yourself. Can you do it for us right now? <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> Is that embarrassing? <laughs> okay. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. Uh, would you do it with intensity? You know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brother Samuel. <laughs> you've been lifting weights, you've been working out, and you're flexing your muscles. Do you ever go into your mom and say, look at this, look at this? <laughs> feel it, feel it right there, feel it. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Oh, baby. Oh, let me feel it. Oh, yeah. He flexed automatically. He knew what I was going to do. He flexed automatically. <laughs> 
You see, because I got three sons. And if I just walk by and say, how you doing? And go like this, they go, they flex. <laughs> yeah, we have a nickname for my, my second son. His name is Flex. This is Father's Day. Show me your muscle. <laughs> Did you see him blow it up? <laughs> and I've got three boys, three sons, and sometimes they'll come out of the room and they've got their arms like this. <laughs> and... Uh, Excuse me, Dad, I'm carrying both my guns with me today. <laughs> uh, they're on safety, right? <laughs> but Paul said it like this. He said, I'm not one as who beateth the air. We're not doing that. He said, we're actually doing something. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Are you having fun yet? Amen. So this man named Joseph, the Bible says he was a righteous man. He obeyed God unswervingly. Several times Joseph received a visit from the angel of the Lord. Who instructed him to do something very difficult. And the Lord knew that the job was going to be extremely difficult and it was going to be confusing for him. So he had to send Joseph a special emissary. You know, sometimes men, sometimes fathers, you know you're going to have to do something difficult. And so God gives you special instructions to do the right thing. So he took Mary, who was by this time expecting with a child, not his own. And he told, he said Take Mary, who is with child, for that child in her is conceived of the Holy Ghost. He was a righteous man despite humiliation. You see, he had to undergo the same humiliation that Mary went. Because he was a righteous man, he was going to put her away privately saying, this is not my child, and I'm, but I'm not going to do this publicly. I'm going to do this secretly, and we're going to break this off, and... People might wonder, but it's not going to be broadcast. I'm going to do it quietly. But the Lord told him, you take Mary she, to be your wife. And, and again, when he was in Bethlehem, the Lord sent another angel in a dream to him. He said, I want you to take Mary and the child and flee to Egypt. And when he was in Egypt, he also received other instructions from an angel of the Lord to come back. And the Bible says when he got back there, he realized 
that one of Herod's sons was in power. He didn't receive directions from the Lord from this, from an angel from this. He received directions from the Lord as he was becoming more and more in tune with God. Notice that point. You read that verse of scripture. The, the other three times, Joseph received specific directions from an angel in a dream. And notice when he gets back, he's traveling now and he decides from direction and unction from God, I'm not going to go over here, but I'm going to go to a city named Nazareth because I see that one of Herod's sons is reigning down. He's got control of that particular area and we're going to go here. And the scripture said that it might be fulfilled that he, talking about the Messiah, Jesus Christ, would be called a Nazarene, amen, being raised in Nazareth. Joseph was a righteous man. He didn't want to humiliate. But you see, he chose to protect not only his reputation, but her reputation. I don't think we, we realize the deep pain that and the deep love that Joseph had for Jesus, even though he knew that Joseph was not his son. The scripture says in the book of Luke that Joseph and Mary searched for three days looking for Jesus. Not just for 30 minutes or three hours, but for three days, 24-hour periods. I don't know where they slept because it was a, a, a celebration time and there were no... It was very crowded. There were a lot of people there to celebrate Passover. And so for three days, they searched throughout the whole city asking people. And finally, they find Jesus in the tabernacle, in the temple. And his mother says to him, Jesus, where have, where have you been? We've been looking for you for three. Your father and I have been looking for you for three days. It wasn't just Mary that was looking for Jesus. It was Joseph and Mary looking for Jesus. He loved Jesus. God honors integrity. Amen. And I'm going to close with this point here. That God is looking for individuals with integrity. Integrity. I said about Brother John, his funeral, and we all... Had, there were very uh, many people that more than one or two that we had time for that wanted to say some words about Brother John. And I said, what we're all looking at is not a human being because he did have some faults. There, he, was, he was not perfection. But I said, what we're looking at is Brother John had some integrity. He had principles that he held on to. Someone said, we're going to miss him. And yes, we will. But we have the principles and the integrity that we can remember him with and by and say, God, I want those same principles and integrity in my life. So the main point here is God honors integrity. Just keep on keeping on. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Just keep doing what's right. Just keeping, keep speaking the right thing. Keep living the right way. Keep reading the right word. Amen. God honors integrity. 
He honors faithfulness. He honors those who seek after him. I keep coming back to that verse of scripture. Blessed are those who do hunger. Now, I know all of you haven't eaten dinner yet, and it's 1159 or lunch, whatever you call it. And so maybe your belly is telling you it's time to eat. So the same in the realm of the spirit. When you're spiritually hungry for something from God, God will not leave you standing there with a cup and banging around empty. God will fill it. Give, and it shall be given unto you. This is the principle of the scripture. Give, and it shall be given unto you. How? 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 Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. I like to tell this little story when I was a, a young man. Now, you've heard me tell the, the story going into 7-Eleven. Oh, those Slurpees at 7-Eleven in this hot summertime. And, uh, you know, that you got... You know, the, the cup. And I wanted to make sure the cup was full because I only had so many cents and I want to make sure I got my cents worth. So I would stand there and tap the cup. I'm going to make sure every cubic inch in that cup is full of Slurpee. You know, when you give and God gives back unto you, it'll be good measure, pressed down, shaken together. He's going to shake it and make sure that every part of your life is full and running over shall God give into your bosom. That's the kind of God that we serve. Somebody shout hallelujah. Stand to your feet with me this morning. And thank you, fathers, for being faithful. Thank you, fathers, for praying for your children. I thank my father for the many hours that he has prayed for my brother and I and for my children. And he not only prays for my children, but he prays for my grandchildren. He prays for my great-grandchildren and my great-great-grandchildren. For generations that he has not even seen. Just as Noah prayed for and he believed for something that he had not even seen. He, didn't, he had never seen it rain before. He had never seen it rain before. Noah had never seen it rain. I saw some rain on Friday. I saw lots. <laughs> I looked at my wife and I said, I wonder if the flowers are going to make it. <laughs> I mean, it was coming down. You couldn't see it across the street. He, Noah had never seen a rain before, but he believed God when God told him there's coming a rain, there's coming a flood, and it's going to float a, a giant boat. You need to build it. You believe God. Amen. Thank you. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your spirit today. We thank you for your power, your great grace that is upon us, and your anointing right now. Lord, you see the fathers and the mothers and the Everyone that's here, Lord, I pray that your spirit and the word that has gone into the heart for them to receive something from you. Lord Jesus, I'm asking for your word to bring forth much fruit right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Sister Carmela sings, why don't you come to the front and pray? Amen. Why don't you just renew your vows to the Lord? Why don't you just talk to him for a few minutes? Allow his presence to permeate your life. Amen. There's something powerful about coming to the front. Why don't you come up and pray, and pray right now in Jesus' name. Sing, Sister Carmen. The Lord.